Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From our socially distanced virtual lunch table in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal, editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. The petrochem sector may be Louisiana's largest industry in dollar terms, but food is number one in the mindset of the collective culture. Louisiana is blessed with so many regional cuisines, restaurants, and food entrepreneurs. Today, we have two of them with us to tell us about their unique journeys and how COVID has impacted the way they do business. With me is Spuddy Fauché, owner and chef of Spuddy's Cajun Cooking, a local business based on the River Road that specializes in Cajun smoked meats. For more than 25 years, Spuddy's was a small restaurant, too, beloved by locals, but that all changed in December of 2018 when a crane on a passing barge hit the bridge over the Mississippi River near Spuddy's restaurant, changing traffic patterns, rendering the restaurant unprofitable, and forcing Spuddy to lay off half his employees. So he reinvented the business. And in September 2019, launched the Cajun Cooking Experience, which invited visitors into the kitchen to learn about how Spuddy works his magic. And it took off, and then COVID hit, which has forced Spuddy to tweak his business practices once again. Spuddy, it's just an interesting story. You can't catch a break, but but you keep you keep coming back, doing better than ever. So <laughs> we look forward to hearing your story. It's 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 been an adventure. Well, joining me and Spuddy via Zoom on this adventure is an old friend of Out to Lunch, Chef Chris Motto of Mansers on the Boulevard, which is where Out to Lunch is recorded every week, or at least was until the pandemic. Motto has been the award-winning chef at Mansers since 2009 and has been one of the leaders of Baton Rouge's restaurant community. A native of Denham Springs, he has also proven he believes in Baton Rouge and in doing everything he can to make it better. You may remember back before the pandemic in early 2019 that Motto was a finalist on Fox's reality cooking competition, Hell's Kitchen, and backed out of the show just one week before the final because he said at the time, I want to raise the culinary standards in Baton Rouge. That's what I've been working on, and I'm not ready to give up on it. Of course, since then, he's had his own sort of hell's kitchen to deal with, that being running a restaurant amid a pandemic. Motto, we look forward to hearing how you're doing. Thanks so much for taking time to join us on Out to Lunch. Thank you all for having me. It's good to see you again. Well, Spuddy, let me go back to you and, and start sort of at the beginning because you're something of an institution down here, and, and I want to hear how you got started. But first, I want you to explain, okay, you're a restaurant and meat market and a crane on a barge hits the bridge. How was this not just a temporary event? How did it sort of wreck your business model per- permanently? So, you know, you go back uh, uh, around 2012-13, we had a major traffic flow change, uh, uh, the, the, our, our bridge connected to a major highway and 70% of the traffic bypassed. But, you know, we still had local traffic and, and it, was, it was bad, but it was, it was okay. We were making that living. And then on the Sunshine Bridge, that crane, uh, uh, a barge is hauling a crane, hits the bridge, damages the bridge. 
And when it did that, it rerouted all the traffic through Vashon. So what took five, 10 minutes to get to my place would now take an hour, hour and a half to get to my place. We went from maybe 12,000 calls a day to maybe 30,000 calls a day, all at one intersection. Couldn't handle it. So what it did, it changed people's mindset about uh, uh, coming, we call it front bash or back bash, about people coming to the front. You Once you get on the south side of 3127, it's major traffic. Once you get in the north side of 3127, we can play basketball on the street. It's that, that drastic. So it is a challenge to get up here now. And when that, that barge damaged that bridge, and that bridge was out for two or three months, changed people's mindset. And that basically was the end. Before that, we were seeing it go up. We were seeing profit. And then like that, profit was gone. We were in the hole. We just dug ourselves into a hole where we couldn't come out of. And so that was where you came up with the idea of the Cajun cooking experience, which I'm going to ask you to get into next. But I want to bring Motto into the conversation because you have such an interesting story, too. And and many people here in Baton Rouge knew you just like people down on the River Road knew Spuddy. But you really had a brush with the big time, which is what so many people aspire to, with your Hell's Kitchen success. And then you decided that it really wasn't what you wanted. Tell us, tell us what went into that decision to walk away from, from something that so many people would kill for. I guess there's a lot to it. Um, I don't know exactly what all I can say, <laughs> but, you know, kind of going through <laughs> the process, it was something I never really sought after, but the opportunity presented itself to me and I felt like I couldn't pass it up. Um, I thought it would be something positive for the community. Um, I filmed this right after the flood of 2016, the police shootings and all the negativity surrounding the area. Um, and then I do a lot of mentoring and, and that's what I enjoy doing. I like being hands on with my food and, and teaching people how to cook. And uh, I didn't feel like the position in Vegas would have offered me those same opportunities. Um, and then to move so far away from my friends and family um, and then the contracts that are involved on top of that, you know, um, I had to keep this secret for two years, which was tough enough, but there's a lot of paperwork involved. So I felt like this is more me getting to do uh, what I do on a daily basis. That's so great. And and so you came back and, and then you had to navigate COVID. I mean, and, and Mansers, of course, was, was doing great and, and, and had such always had such a wonderful crowd in there. Um, food was so wonderful. How, how has the restaurant navigated this pandemic over the past many months? It's been quite the roller coaster. Um, from going down the small staff, like so small, it was just me in the kitchen and a front of the house manager handing out to go, you know, um, to adapting with patio dining we put tents in the parking lot at one point uh, lots of sanitation and, and just keeping it moving forward a lot a lot of micromanagement and trying to see what the public wants uh, so family meals and lots more takeout and then that just kind of progressed to something a little bit more normal which we are now well, that's good to hear. Spuddy, the pandemic sort of threw your whole business model, uh, you know, into turmoil, of course, and, and you've been adjusting as well. So so that was your second sort of reinvention. Um, tell us tell us about your journey a little bit since last spring. I'll, I'll come up with a Cajun cooking experience idea from somebody that actually came visit me from Europe. Uh, our, our two dads were had Alzheimer's in the veterans home. That's how we met. Uh, so Robin Tanner came here and wanted to cook. She wanted to cook a jambalaya. She came in my kitchen and cooked. And I watched her and I showed her. 
And she says, you have a tour here. You have, you have your Europeans would love this. And I was actually selling the place that day. I had a, I had a broker coming. And I said, never mind, I don't want to sell. This is a great idea. Went to tour guide school in New Orleans. Uh, Randy Bibb, who was the instructor, great instructor at Delgado. Learned the tour business. Learned what was going on in the tourism business. It was booming. And and then all of a sudden, I'm in tour guide class, and I get these people come in. And we have this balling 10,000 crawfish video on YouTube, which has nine and a half million views right now. We have all this going on while I'm building this. And we start the Cajun cooking experience, and it takes off. It's like an airplane going down the runway. Front tires are up. The back tires are just about off the ground. Smash it. Oh. <laughs> Pull it back. Wow. And, and so you've taken your Cajun cooking experience to Facebook Live and, and to the Internet like, like so many other people have done with their businesses? So uh, uh, my buddy Boone, who does my, all my websites and all, he called me one day and said, Spotty, everybody's doing, everybody's doing uh, uh, Facebook Live. Start doing some cooking shows. I, I, I hated Facebook. I didn't go on it. And so I'm trying to figure out how to do this Facebook Live. I'm doing videos. I'm calling people. And first thing you know, I'm doing it. If you go look at the first shows, I'm in my kitchen. The phone's up and down like this. I'm in a little narrow scene. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. And we wing it. And we roll it. <laughs> and now we have over 50 shows. That was March 31st. And here we are, 50-something shows later. And we're still doing it. Uh, and we moved here behind the big mirror behind me. We moved out the kitchen. And I learned how to operate the phone better. And now we're getting ready to move into a platform where we can do it on our computer and actually bring those into uh, our YouTube Live and Facebook Live at the same time. I'm learning technology. This has been a huge learning process, but it's been fun. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the same way. I like to teach people how to cook, and this is what I'm doing. I'm not hiding any recipes. I want these Cajun traditions to pass on because they're not. They're dying. I want all this to pass on. Now I feel like I'm doing it. And then when it's all over, I'll get to do it live again where we did buses, you know, we, we were able to do buses with uh, a group of 100, group of 160, individual people, two, three, four, five people coming in, come in my kitchen and actually put the spoon in their hand, put the paddle in their hand, and actually cook a jambalaya and gumbo and make a roux. So, so Spuddy, I, I when they were coming into your kitchen and doing that, they were paying you money. How are you monetizing this experience on Facebook? Or so Zoom? right now... We haven't been able to monetize anything. It's more like keeping out there, keeping visible. Because mm -hmm. one day when tourism does come back, it's going to explode. People are like, it's like, it's like if you ever go to the dog track and they put the dog behind a little pin, and when they open it up, the dogs just take off. People are ready to take off. They're ready to come. And, and so, so it's going to happen. There's no doubt in my mind it's going to happen. But you out of sight, out of mind. I used to be in sales. If you were out of sight, you didn't sell it anything. They forgot. They didn't call you. So it's keeping in 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 the eye, keeping in the eye of the public. And social media is a lot, media is allowing us to do that. And now we're trying to get enough followers so we can start monetizing this thing, and then eventually start doing some Zoom virtual cooking classes that maybe we can charge for and make a few dollars and get some sponsorship. So all this is in the works right now. And we've also built a store that we can sell on and do it, ship our sausage, and later on we'll put some other products on it. And, and so we, we do see companies and businesses and restaurants reinventing themselves. Motto, have you, what have y'all done differently at, at Mansour's 
um, just to weather this storm? Again, it's just a bunch of micromanagement and like um, cutting out as many little costs as possible. Um, controlling more, you know, linens and cutting back on my food products and, and everything else. But uh, trying to get more catering, you know, Zoom meetings for me have been tough uh, because I did a lot of business lunches before. So I feel like the business lunch business is probably what's struggling the most. And then the catering side, um, there's no events going on. So where I thought they canceled everything in the spring that we would just get bombarded this fall to where we couldn't keep up. It's not quite the case. Um, I have been getting out there and doing some private dinners in some homes, um, which is awesome because that's one of my favorite things to do. Um, get those little intimate experiences and, and personalized meals, but it's just keep pushing forward. So we're, we're holding on pretty good. Um, luckily for us, we're a restaurant that's been established for a while. We don't have as much debt and things as the newer restaurants because, as everyone knows, the, the overhead is tough altogether on a restaurant. Um, if this would have happened several years ago, I don't know if we would still be around. Y'all lease that space on corporate or you, you own that property or you lease it? No, we it? lease that And And I suppose y'all took PPP money to keep some of your people on. And Yes, we did have the PPP, yes. Um, I was fortunate. I didn't lose a single employee in my kitchen. Um, we had some front of the house turnover, but that always happens. But what allows me to get out in the community and do other things is having the kitchen that I trust, um, that I've been working with for years. So I got all my guys back and uh, we're starting to pick up a little bit and we're, we're ready to go full speed. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Chef Chris Motto from Managers on the Boulevard and Spuddy Foshe of Spuddy's Cajun Cooking. I don't know, Motto, if you um, if you started out in food, but Spuddy, you, you started out in sales. How did you decide to become a restaurateur and a food guy? So I actually started out as a computer programmer. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Even better. I graduated from Nichols and, and went did that for 10 years. The big mainframe. Nothing like today. And then went into sales and found out it was my passion. And we had a place, a little meat market that came available for sale. And, and so I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and I jumped into it. Never cooked, never made on doing, uh, uh, didn't go to culinary school. Uh, uh, you know, I, I didn't have any of the skills model has, believe me. And, and we just, okay, we're just going to strap our boots on and we're going to do it. And it's, you know, we had seafood market, balling seafood, making on doing, making sausage. Uh, uh, running the restaurant, building the restaurant, and and building a hometown community restaurant. That was my dream because that's how I grew up. I grew up in a small town. It was to keep that small town image where you knew everybody, where 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 uh, uh, you know everybody that came in was a friend, and we were very successful at doing it. That's fantastic. And and was it? I mean, did you? inherit or acquire the recipes from the market that you bought or you just called on family and friends to to teach you how to do it so uh mr peanut and miss Aline false they stayed with me to teach me uh how to make on doing how to make sausage all the tricks in the seafood business and the um in, in the meat business there's a lot of tricks to it and there's a lot of ways to uh uh you know skin a cat i guess you could say so you had to learn all those things from somebody with 35 years of butchering experience. So we had that. And then I had an African-American woman who had like eight or nine kids who's an awesome cook. So between the falses and her, I learned a lot of cooking. 
I would just watch and ask questions and learn. Then you have friends when you go, you go cooking, you go to a catering job and you invite friends to cook certain, like a jambalaya for you, with, for you, they'll teach you how to cook it. So I just watched and learned and observed and asked a lot of questions and probably was a pain sometimes. But it got to me, I got to be where I'm at. And now I'm actually doing what I have a passion for is teaching, which is awesome. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure they, they were heartened by your enthusiasm. You had to have made it more fun for them. Mato, what about you? Did you start out in food aspiring to be a chef? Oh, no, not at all. Um, I moved to Baton Rouge to go to LSU, um, got my degree in political science. And while I was doing that, started working in restaurants to kind of pay for college. Um, but then I really started enjoying it. I loved everything about it. So just kind of kept pursuing that. And much like Spuddy said, it's just watching everything around you and observing everyone. Cooking's a bunch, it's just a handful of simple techniques and then kind of where your mind can take it. Um, messing up a lot of food along the way. Uh, throwing away so much food, that was just so awful. But you learn every time you make those mistakes and just, and just keep going forward. Did you go to culinary school? No, ma'am. Wow. No culinary school. But I've been you, fortunate to work with a lot of good chefs. Um, right. And you so can you learn were, stuff from anyone around you. It's it's not necessarily your superiors. Somebody just comes in and sees it in a different light, you know. It kind of upsets you because you didn't catch that before them, but uh, that's how it goes. My, my, my viewers have given me ideas. You know, asking me questions. Why you didn't try this? I love it. You never When you quit learning, you're finished. Absolutely. And you're immersed in it. This is a, uh, it takes some time. You know, you, this career is, is very demanding. It's, it's not uncommon to have an 80 hour week or something like that. You know, like you are, you got to be in it. You got to be wanting it. And without that passion, as Spuddy said, it's just, it's not going to come to fruition. Well, I said, when I first started, uh, uh, a common week was I worked two and a half weeks every week. When I worked the 80 hour week, it's like, all right, I had time off this week. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I know it is it is very demanding on your personal life and your work in weekends and nights, you know, which is, is family time. How do you balance it with your personal life? That's, that's tough. <laughs> you got to juggle a lot of things right there. Uh, luckily, my wife is very understanding because she's been in the industry as well. Um, so it's just staying organized and, and keep going. You know, um, the calendar is my best friend. So once I get it in there, I'm sticking to it. But it's uh, it's nonstop. This this turned into my wife and I actually doing it because she was working for the federal government and they shut down the site. So eventually she worked with me. Then I had three girls. They all worked in the restaurant. They hated every day of it. They were going they hated everything. And they still have no they have no desire to have this. But they also had learned the work ethic. They learned about uh, getting along with people. Learned about uh, uh, so many things that are issues today in the country. They were learning race relations, people relations, all these things they were learning in here. And and like you know, everybody everybody is a, is a person. Everybody deserves to be treated well, and that's what you have to do in a restaurant. You can't you you can't have oh man, I don't like this person. You got to put that on the side and roll with it. So so Spuddy, um, I, I mean, I know we're still navigating the pandemic, but ha haven't they fixed the bridge by now? I mean, is that issue resolved? The, the bridge has been fixed uh, and uh -huh. the bridge is no longer a problem. The mindset's changed and it's just where we're at. We, we are in a community that when I started, this is where families were and everybody had kids. And this was the gathering place. They come here with their kids, 
I had my girls, and it was like one big community gathering. Now all the kids have grown up and they've moved more to the back or out of town to Ascension Parish or to a Fouche Parish. And what we have now, we have an older community that's changed eating habits. So that changes, traffic flow changes, and you just have to keep reinventing it. Take what you learn and just keep moving forward. Fortunately, like Mato said, everything's paid for. So, so in own the building, own the property. That, that makes a huge difference. Without that, we'd be done. Sure. Motto, uh, for a lot of people, they, they will be done when this pandemic is over. W- any feel for, um, you know, how many restaurants we might, might not make it in, in Baton Rouge? What are you hearing from your, from your colleagues out there? Well, we've already had several close. Um, big names, too. You know, Jubin's group had some issues. Um, Rum House, there's, there's been lots of restaurants that have been around for a while that just couldn't make it through this. Um, I also don't think the, the unemployment situation helps. When people were getting such large unemployment checks to not be at work, that doesn't match the pay scale of a restaurant employee. So a lot of people didn't come back. Um, so it's going to be tough, but Louisiana still has their love for food. I mean, that's what our communities are built on. Every event you go to, there's going to be something, you know? Um, so we're going to fight back and we're going to stay strong. And uh, I think you'll see some different concepts and some better ideas um, come out through this. But people aren't going to stop eating by any means. No, that's that's fortunate. So tell me tell me real quickly, because we have to unfortunately let you go in just a minute, but what what's on the horizon for both of you? in the next in the next year or two any plans or is it just to try to keep your head above water and keep moving forward uh right now i've been doing a lot in cameron um as you know after the hurricanes have hit i just got back there two days ago and uh it's, it's been devastated but uh trying to help that community as well get on its feet which in turn helps ours i mean that's our gulf seafood um which is in jeopardy right now altogether but trying to help them get back on their feet and um, who knows what's next. But I look forward to every day and uh, I'm excited about doing all this stuff. Okay, so like model, we've been out there to Lake Charles area. Uh, we've been five trips. We make it one Sunday. It'll be a sixth trip. Uh, serving like a thousand meals every time we go, 800 to a thousand. Cook on site. So, you know, kind of a, a blessing in disguise is that, yeah, we don't have business. But, you know, if we were booming, rocking and rolling over here. Maybe I couldn't get away to go do that. So, you know, I look at it as a blessing. And then, and there's another passion I have is going to do these kind of things. Uh, people have been very generous, donate to us so that we can go do it. Uh, the Cajun cooking experience, we just keep working on that. Work on a cookbook, work on some, uh, uh, some uh, social media classes. Uh, just keep trying to reinvent, or just invent new things because there's going to be a new normal. We just, I was on a Zoom call, uh, class yesterday. New Orleans, the conventions and all, they're looking at 20, late 2021, 2022 now. So all the groups in the catering, like Mato said a while ago, catering is, can't get together. That was a huge part of our business also. Yeah. So when they, <laughs> we had every piece of our business, video, poker, catering, alcohol, name it, it died. <laughs> and so, so you just keep moving forward. You can't, you can't give up. Just, you can't look back. 
I see a collaboration with Spuddy in the future. I just met this guy, but I love him already. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Well, Spuddy Fauché and Chris Motto in a city and a state where the standard for culinary excellence is high. You both are raising the bar with your recipes, your dishes, and your food products while also proving yourself to be successful entrepreneurs and very inspirational and generous with your time as well. Louisiana is fortunate to have you both bringing so much to our culture and local food scene. Thanks for taking the time to share your insights with us today on Out to Lunch. All right. Thank you. Stephanie, you're welcome. My guests on Out to Lunch have been Spuddy Fauché of Spuddy's Cajun Cooking and Chef Chris Motto of Mansur's on the Boulevard. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Spuddy's Cajun Cooking and Mansur's on the Boulevard by listening to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. We're going to go back to hosting Out to Lunch around the lunch table at Mansur's on the Boulevard one day. In the meantime, you can go there. Mansur's is open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino, Dave Winwood, and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.